Good morning. So today I have with me uh, Shelby Kinser from Collab Social. Shelby's a, a social media marketing expert. And for those that don't know, I'm Jess Coburn, CEO of Applied Innovations. And Applied Innovations is a managed cloud IT and cybersecurity company. We help businesses um, get the most out of their technology. And part of that is identifying risk and addressing it before it becomes a problem. Today, businesses across the globe are being impacted by COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And we're providing information to help business owners, leaders, and CEOs prepare for that, fight for that, and come out on the other side more profitable and, and ready to go to business than if they were. Uh, Shelby, can you talk a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, my name is Shelby, and I am a digital marketer, social media marketer. I fall under a lot of a lot of different hats here on the online space, but my main caveat is that I help small to medium-sized businesses to grow their social media following, to grow their brand awareness, and to connect with their ideal clients to build a long-term um, lead generation strategy through social media. I work a lot in the IT space right now, in the MSP space specifically, but I do work with a couple businesses outside of that scope. My main goal is to just create content for different industries that are quote-unquote unsexy industries and make them engaging and fun and exciting for people to want to come back to your content and for you to remain front of mind for them and so that they become long-term brand followers, business followers, and clients. Fantastic, Shelby. Now, Shelby, um, for business owners that are staring down the barrel of COVID-19, many of them are going to be paralyzed or they're looking to take drastic action. What's your advice to those? What's the number one thing you think they should do? So right now, a lot of people are coming to me and they're pulling back on their marketing, right? They're saying, I need to pull back on everything, on my marketing, on, on everything that we're doing sales. We need to pull back and burrow into this hole and hope that we come out on the other side. And I have actually made a couple of pretty bold statements that you should do the exact opposite. So I think that, yes, it is important to conserve cash flow. Yes, it is important to make the smart decisions right now. But also, I think that what's vital to this time period is to lean into your marketing and to lean into your sales. I think that what people need to be doing more than ever is to push. Because look at it from just a tactical perspective, right? People are spending the most amount of time on their phones and computers right now. They have more time than ever to spend time getting to know your business, your lead magnet, your information, your all the different things that you want to share with them throughout your marketing platform. Not only do they have the time to consume it now, but there are way more people who are going to be on their phones, on their computers, consuming it. And people pulling back are really going to miss that opportunity. I think that's fantastic advice. You know, it's something that we've certainly followed here is that, I mean, cyberside chats are a good example of that, right? And we're trying to provide more information now. And the information we're trying to provide isn't just, hey, here's how our servers work. Here's why we have the best widgets. It's, hey, here's what you need to do in these times. As a business owner, these are the things you do. What type of stuff do you think a business owner should be sharing? Or what type of information do you think businesses should be sharing? Yeah, so right now, it's really important that you assess what your marketing plan is. Um, for a lot of people who haven't had a marketing plan, it's a great time to build one out, get it going, get it started. For those of you who do have a marketing plan, I'm actually suggesting that you take a different perspective, right? So instead of going with your standard marketing procedures, if you've, if you've been doing something a specific way, I'm saying that you should shift to a marketing plan that focuses on value. 
So what you should be doing instead of trying to make sales really aggressively right now, or instead of like, oh, we have this great sale or, oh, this thing is for sale. Number one, small businesses need to continue to sell, right? We're not some large conglomerates. We're not huge corporations where people paying our bills and our employees at the end of the day. But the thing that you need to do when you focus on your marketing is to focus on value-based marketing. So what I'm suggesting to all of my clients right now is that you take a huge value approach, give people the most amount of value that you can. Don't feed into the fear-mongering or anything that's going along with that, but feed into providing people value and giving them something that they can learn from, that they can grasp from. Bring them into your community, and if you utilize this time properly with your marketing, you'll be able to grow your community, you'll be able to grow your brand, you'll be able to grow your list, and you'll be providing a ton of value. And then when people come out on the other side, not only do they have the know, like, and trust and expertise that you've provided them during this time, but they also see you as a friend and a confidant that helped them during a hard and difficult time. And then that creates a lot more longtime customers and sales on the other side of it. That is fantastic advice. I think we're having a little bit of video problem, but that's okay. Um, I think that's phenomenal advice. And uh, again, it's something that we're trying to do here at Applied Innovations with the CyberSide Chats. We've created a remote worker resource guide at, at applied.net slash COVID-19. Now, one of the things you and I had talked about was Facebook groups. Can, can you kind of explain that to me and what that's all about? Yeah, so actually before any of this happened, Facebook reorganized their algorithm and they started to favor Facebook groups. So depending on who you talk to, which expert you're talking to, it's Facebook groups and Facebook profiles are right up here. And then way down here are your Facebook pages, which if you're a business owner who's been doing Facebook at any capacity, you understand that Facebook pages are not doing nearly as well as anything else. So Facebook groups have been favored by Facebook. In fact, if you see a Facebook ad, they're probably promoting Facebook groups because they really want people to come back to community with Facebook. They want it to start to feel like you're a community. That is going to be more important than ever right now because people are utilizing this community feel to help bring in their ideal people. So as a business owner, what you should be doing in this specific scenario is starting a Facebook group to move all of your warm leads into or to move people who would be the best leads for you that are cold leads. For some of us, we like connect with them on LinkedIn, add them on Facebook. And then after a while, don't be that person who adds them as soon as you add them as a friend. But after a while, add them to a Facebook group and continue to nurture them through content that you know will directly help their business. And then you just have this pool of leads ready to go. That's interesting. So really you're using, so you're gonna, you're, what you're recommending is leverage LinkedIn. Yesterday I spoke with Carlos Garita from Sandler, Miami, and his recommendation was very much the same as yours, right? Share value today. Uh, use this time to plan and train and prepare. And, uh, and leverage LinkedIn. So you're actually saying leverage LinkedIn, build the connection there, but also friend them on Facebook. Yeah, this is actually like a secret sauce thing that we do. Um, and so, you know, I work with you, so you get the, you get the secret sauce. Um, but we utilize the LinkedIn connections because people are utilizing LinkedIn for business. But if you look at it and you say, okay, people are utilizing LinkedIn for business, but they're not necessarily utilizing LinkedIn for connecting, right? They're, they're using it to go on there and to connect with people who are business focused. What kind of a different impact will you make if you connect with CEO of X company in Miami on LinkedIn, and then you also go and add them as a friend, and then you comment on like, oh, this is a great picture of your kids playing soccer or whatever it is. You're cutting through that barrier 
that people generally have when it comes to LinkedIn. And then you stand out exponentially above the person who's sending a LinkedIn cold message because you're actually connecting with them as a friend, as a person that they can trust. And then when you're providing the right content on your pages, they're seeing that and then they're viewing you as the expert. And so then when you do add them to that group or when you do send that email to them, they have that already in their head. They're like, oh, I know Jess. We connected on LinkedIn. Then he added me on Facebook. He's made a couple really great comments on my stuff. Easy connection. So that's interesting because, you know, early on, um, I was doing that. I was Facebooking with everybody and anybody, all my friends, all my vendors, everything. And then I listened to a guy who's like, look, I use Facebook for anyone that knew me from high school and before, or from college and before. And I use LinkedIn for anyone professional. So you're saying, actually, no, let's go ahead and bring them together because we make a better connection and you're going to stand in the crowd. I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I tell people all the time, if you aren't using Facebook for business, you're missing out on an entire revenue source. Um, a fun fact about me, actually, is that when I started my business a little over five years ago, for the first four years, my only source of lead generation was conversations on Facebook. So I built my whole business and got to where I am today based on the fact that I kept connection as the main focus, with, which has really worked out because it went to the wayside a little bit where people were buying likes and followers and things were crazy. And now it's going back that direction, which I knew was going to happen because as a society, we crave connection and social media is a necessary evil at this point, but nobody wants to be sold to. So to create connection on these different platforms and to really make it feel like you want to be friends with someone or you genuinely have interest in their life, that's an easy transition through Facebook. And there's tons of business to business, um, business, that's kind of a funny B2B business there. That's an easier way to put it together to be had on Facebook that a lot of people are missing out on because they're like, oh, that CEO won't be on Facebook. Oh, that CEO isn't everyone's on Facebook. Facebook has the most screen time out of any other social platform combined. Everyone's on Facebook. Whether that's, you see them or not, they're on Facebook. That's amazing. You know, it, it, because the other thing I noticed is a lot of B2B businesses, they're reluctant to advertise on Facebook or really don't know how to leverage Facebook. By le leveraging that way as connections is good. What, what about the, uh, the Facebook pixel? Is that important? Yes, it is important. It just depends on what you're utilizing it for, right? So a lot of people are utilizing it just to have, just to see the statistics, just to be curious about it. The real place where it's most important is when you're utilizing it for Facebook ads. So just like a very short synopsis, I'm not a pixel expert in any in any capacity, but I do I do kind of have a little bit of knowledge on it. Um, is you and you put that in and you see it gathers information about who's visiting, who is you know, what they're doing on your website, et cetera. And then when you go to put the ads out, it retargets those people so that people who have already been interested will see you again. And that's kind of the same as with the organic social media marketing. Like if we put you at the front of mind for someone and then they kind of lose that because they get distracted or something else happens, but then you come back up to front of mind, then people start to connect things with you, right? Like for the longest time, I was the Chili's girl because I like loved Chili's chips and salsa for like a really weird period of time. And so then people would, people I didn't even know were tagging me in like chili things. And I was like, this is craziness. But like, it's just once you click with something in someone's head and then you go back to the forefront of the mind and you build that connection, it's just like, it, it keeps going. And that's what I mean by creating a, a long lasting strategy is that once you have these people hooked on social media, 
they they continue to be hooked. And if you take this organic connected approach, it's not something that will just fade out. It's something where like for my goal, for all of my clients and the people that I work with is to create something where if Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn all shut down tomorrow, they'd be sending you an email or a letter because they're still interested in staying connected with you. Cool. Now, Shelby, I'm guessing you work from home. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? I know that a lot of business owners and employees today are struggling making that transition. What's the what's the secret to being successful working from home? Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully no one walks behind me during this specific segment um, because my <laughs> my work from home life is very different um, at the moment than it usually is. So I'm actually more digital nomad. Everything in my life is in a suitcase. The rest of it is in a five by eight storage unit. Um, but I usually am in an Airbnb or something with clients. And at the moment, um, coronavirus has me a little grounded. So I am staying with my family. Um, but my number one thing, and this is what I give to people all the time, is to have yourself a schedule, to have a routine, to have yourself put in place because for me, when I first started, I was like, oh, I can sleep till 11 and I can do what, you know, you can do whatever you want, work in your pajamas, blah, blah. And that was fun for about a month. And then I needed to get myself together. <laughs> so what I do is I actually get up in the morning and I go to the gym when the gym is open or I'm working out outside now. I get up, I go to the gym, I come home, shower, eat breakfast, get ready for the day and then start my calls at a desk, sit down and I have a desk chair. I have a desk that I, I put. It's, it's almost like a real office life. And what's great about it is that you do have the option to move to the couch, you know, if you want to work from the couch, if you want to transition and everything like that. But I try and set parameters. And like, even here with my family and me working, they know that this is, I'm on the phone or that me sitting at the desk is I'm working. So this is don't, don't distract, don't bother because, um, yeah, it's, it's the same as any other job. And for most of us who work from home, you end up working more hours because it's so easy to work from home. So establishing a routine and establishing a, a pattern that helps you to define this is work and this is home is really important. Cool. So I'm curious about something else. I, I like that you're a digital nomad. That's very millennial of you. Um, and I, I'm envious. So yesterday I interviewed Devin Burke and we talked about um, health and wellness from a physical and a mental perspective when you're working from home and during these stressful times. He, I mentioned work-life balance. He mentioned work-life integration, that he doesn't yeah. see it as work-life balance. He sees it as work-life integration. I'm curious, where do you stand? I love that integration as a word. I have no work-life balance. I'll be the first person to tell you my work-life balance is, but it's because my job is my life. And I've built it that way, like, it, and my life is my job, kind of vice versa. Like, my business supports the fact that I've gotten to spend most of the last six months traveling. Clients pay for me to come there and stay there. I spent two weeks in Costa Rica. I spent a week in Utah. I spent a week in Wyoming. And they pay for me to come and live there. And they pay for me to come and work with them. And so what's really great about that is that each one supports the other. So pretty generally speaking, I don't work nine to five. That never really happens to me. I like to start at a certain point and whether or not that continues or not, you know, one or the other. But I, I try and live my life so that my, my business supports the life that I want to live and that I'm supporting the business. Because one, 
I love all my clients and the people I work with. It's great. I love my job. But the other piece is I'm an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit at heart. So even when I have time to be not working, I want to be working on a different project or a new thing that I'm doing. So it never really feels like work to me. It's just part of my life in general. So early in my career, I'm going to say, geez, I was probably 25 at the time. Um, Bertho Bowman from Vinland International. He, uh, he actually had a sign on his desk that said, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I'm paraphrasing. But it's something that really stuck with me and kind of has driven me all these years is that my passion is what I do. And uh, my family's come to understand that, yeah, it just works all the time. But I'm not really working, right? I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. Yes. It's what I love to do. And well, uh, so, so that's okay. kind of what I live by. And it sounds like you do the same. Yeah, no, that's 100% how I live. And and um, my family does the same. They're like, you're always working. You know, you, you're always doing something. And I'm like, listen, even if I didn't have to be doing what I'm doing right now, I'd be doing something else because I really like it. It's not it's not hard for me. And it gives me the flexibility, right? Like, I can't tell you the last time I missed out on a family vacation or uh, uh, something like that. Because yes, I do, I do work in the hotel room and then go to the beach for an hour and then I go back to the room. But it's it's what I love to do. And I don't feel like I'm being like um, suppressed by any of it. Like I don't feel like I'm not enjoying certain aspects of life. I feel like it gives me the opportunity to enjoy life even more. What about uh, security? You know, a lot of people are on social media. Social media is a big deal. What do you do to keep yourself secure? And what do you recommend others do? Well, the first thing that I do is I have a cybersecurity guy. Um, <laughs> and he's kind of saved my life, honestly, because um, I did not know the many parameters until I started working with him that um, could keep you as safe. I mean, I knew the, the the general gist you need two-factor authentication you know don't log in on public computers the whole like spiel that they give you right but cybersecurity has changed so much especially since i was learning about it when i was in high school and they gave us the general spiel that i was unaware of the different threats that are out there so the first thing that i would say is hire someone to help you with it i work with him at a very like low cost you know it's not it's I, I always thought it was going to be some like ten thousand dollar investment to work with him it's just a, a low cost investment and then when i break something i can call him and he can fix it and it's great um but also outside of that it helps to keep my clients and myself safe um so that i don't run into the many different threats because i mean you see people on your facebook feed every other day and they're like posting about these free sunglasses or like crazy things like that right and it's because they've been hacked but for people who are utilizing Facebook for business or LinkedIn for business or Instagram or any of that, you're putting yourself and your clients at risk if you don't have a plan for that. So simple, easy things to do after you hire a person or if you don't ha you know, have it right the second hire a person is to make sure you have two-factor authentication. Um, practice on social media like you're in person. You would not post the same way you would not tell a random stranger that your house is completely empty and this is the city that you live in and that you know like just make sure that you're practicing things social media is a real life conversation at this point so make sure that you're practicing that information you're not sharing credit card information or login information or addresses or anything like that make sure that you have two-factor authentication and then yeah hire someone because it took a lot off my plate that i was really you know pretty stressed out about 
as the hack started rising and everything like that. And now I am aware and I'm definitely vigilant about it, but it's great to know that, you know, I don't have to be the person who understands the ins and outs of the security features. I think that's an important, important point is that you have your expertise. It's online marketing um, and the security guys have their expertise in cybersecurity and it's, it's about hiring the expert to do what they're the expert in, so you can focus and do what you're the expert in. I think that's great for anybody. Um, Shelby, before we close it out, is there anything you'd like to discuss or do you think is really important for business leaders today that we haven't discussed? I think the biggest thing is just to remain strong to your brand during this time. Remain strong to your business, remain strong to your clients and your ideal people. Um, my kind of caveat that I've, I've become, I guess, not known for but people kind of trace it back to me every now and then is if you're marketing to everyone you're marketing to no one so um i actually wrote a quick like a guide on this but the three kind of principles within this is you need to market to your specific person so even during this time whether you're deciding you're marketing to someone who is running off fear base or someone who is running off happiness or someone who is running off um they're a, a law firm and they've never updated their remote plan and they have no idea how to go there. Instead of saying, I just want anyone who wants to move remote or I just want anyone who needs help with cybersecurity or I just want anyone anywhere who wants to give me money. Focus in on the person who you can specifically speak to because their pain points when you speak to them will create a much greater impact than if you're trying to market to the masses. Fantastic. And Shelby, if uh, any of the business leaders are Anyone listening to this wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yes, yeah, so Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm at Shelby Kinster, S-H-E-L-B-Y-K-I-N-C-E-R, um, everywhere. But okay. you can also send me an email um, if, it, if that's easiest for you about just, you know, questions regarding things. Um, Shelby at C-O-L-L-A-B dot social. So Shelby at collab dot social. Um, I'm, I'm super available in either of those places, and I actually have my COVID-19 social guide that I'll send to Jess if he wants to put it up awesome. anywhere. Absolutely, Shelby. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll share that on our resource guide, and 